everybody. Welcome to episode 156 of the Youth Ministry Booster Podcast. This is our 10th installment in our hashtag women in YM series. It's our month-long emphasis for the month of October as we celebrate and encourage women who are serving and leading in youth ministry. And I got to tell you, we've had nine amazing interviews already, and we've got a power pack bunch more coming to you. But this one today, I was not ready for. It's one of our shorter ones, but it is not without the surprise and the clarity and insight that the next 18 minutes is going to bring you. So let me tell you this. What Chelsea Petticord has to say and share with you today is spot on. It is true at whatever phase in ministry you're in. And what she drops truth-wise could not be more clear in so many ways for why Youth Ministry Booster exists and what we hope to offer you, the youth minister. There's a lot of places to get voices. There's a lot of folks that you probably have in your life that encourage you, but if you do not have a group of fellow youth ministers that can speak with influence in your life, but without authority, like if they are not the decision makers on your staff, but you can speak to them honestly enough that it's true and they hear you and they have enough influence in you that you might listen and reason and change, that is the difference maker. You need folks that will pray for you and challenge you. And that is Youth Ministry Booster. We call them masterminds. You can call them peer groups or whatever else you need. But know that the heart of what we're about is this interview because we want every young medium season and veteran youth minister to know that there is a network that cares about you is there for you and we are here i'll catch you back at the end with more details enjoy this interview with chelsea petticord hello and welcome to youth ministry booster podcast my name is chad higgins and i am very excited to be joining you again today and we are with Chelsea. Chelsea, tell us a little bit about yourself, where you're from, who you are, more in depth, all of those wonderful things that we want to know. Absolutely, Chad. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, like he said, my name is Chelsea Petticord. I'm the high school pastor at Highland Park United Methodist Church here in Dallas, Texas. Um, love what I do. This is my fourth school year. You know, in youth pastors, we talk in school years, not regular years, right? Um, so it's been a really sweet time in my ministry getting to see students who I saw as freshmen now becoming seniors and kind of walking that full high school journey with them. Um, in my last year of seminary, excited to start sleeping again after May and not be doing full-time school and full-time work. Uh, did my undergrad in sociology at Oklahoma State. Um, I'm originally from the Dallas area, so it was nice kind of going away for a few years and then coming back. Uh, I really love this city and have a heart, too, for the community that I am pastoring in. I live in Stillwater, Oklahoma. You do? Oh. I don't know if you know that or not. We we moved here just a few years ago. And so, wow, Oklahoma State. Fair Go enough. Pokes. Go well, Pokes. How do you think we're going to do this season? Okay, so I got I to gotta be honest with you. My wife and I are both oh, no. OU alumni. As of this day, I know where this is going. <laughs> oh, well, I guess we already started. I guess we have to keep going. <laughs> I think you'll be fine. I think you'll be fine. Yeah. I'm going to turn the other cheek. Don't worry. I appreciate that. What a uh, what a very Jesus-like thing. <laughs> Trying to be Christ-like. <laughs> That's it. All right. So, Chelsea, tell me, tell me about like how you got into student ministry from you know Oklahoma State. You're doing seminary now. Where are you doing your seminary work? Uh, I'm at SMU. So SMU. Perkins. Okay. Very nice. So, how are you? How'd you get into involved in student ministry? 
Yeah, so I grew up really in a youth ministry. My family was not super active in church, but um, due to some health issues that my mother was having, my parents would be like, oh, what do we do with Chelsea? She's this 14-year-old. Let's just drop her off at the church and kind of go from there. Um, So I was super involved in my own youth ministry. Uh, Even to this day, I say that the youth pastors I had growing up uh, kind of were like parents to me. I really love them and they really invested in me. And one year I decided I'm going to go on the Africa mission trip because good Christians go to Africa, right? That's right. what you're supposed to do. So I went That's to Africa. Lots of pictures. Africa was a disaster. Um, I know some people are called to be missionaries and they are fantastic at that. On my end, I was like, I'm kind of missing America. I miss yeah. bed. I don't want to move here. You know, everyone after a mission trip's like, this is where my heart is. This is my calling. I'm going to move to Africa. I was on the plane thinking, I'm about ready to be back in Dallas. Yeah. I didn't get it. Uh, most of the mission trip was actually working uh, in hospices and orphanages. And little kids scare me. So that was hard. And then the hospice was very, very moving and very powerful. It taught me a lot about prayer. Um, But the one thing we did that year, and they never did it again, was we taught sex ed in high school. So we're on the plane coming back from Africa, and everyone's sharing their favorite part of the trip, right? And every kid's like, oh, I want to keep praying for the student I met at the orphanage. And some kids, I just, our prayer that I witnessed in the hospital. And I'm sitting there, and I'm like, Teaching sex ed to high schoolers was my favorite thing. Am I the only one here? And I felt really crazy and really weird. I was the only one who enjoyed that. Everyone else said it was awkward, uh, understandably so. So I kind of forgot about that. But later that year, uh, I got asked to serve and help with the middle school girls' Bible study, which I'd never done before. And I fell in love with it. I still talk to those girls today. They're uh, seniors at AM and Texas Tech. Um, and just started to see what it looks like to disciple and shepherd and love people. And my gifting was never going on missions and um, getting to do a lot of those things that I think most Christians assume are what good Christians do. Rather, my, my passions more followed taking someone to coffee, being there when you got dumped at homecoming, um, showing up at volleyball games. And I started to sense this calling as I went into college. Um, I still wasn't accepting that. I, I still wanted to, you know, make a ton of money, you know, as we all probably do at some point. And instead, I ended up doing church internships and fell in love with preaching and, and fell in love even with the funny event anything aren't necessarily what makes someone fall in love with God. But I think the big fun events with fog and lights and weird pizza is what gets kids in the door to fall in love with God. Um, So over time, I just fell in love with it. I saw my passions line up. I realized this is really fun. This is really special. And um, I think every youth pastor can attest to this. We learn so much more from our students than they learn from us. Mm -hmm. Uh, So it's just been an incredible journey and an incredible experience uh, falling in love with youth ministry. Very cool. So tell me one of your like favorite student ministry moments to this point. Yeah, gosh, from the good, the bad, the ugly. Um, probably one of my funnier ones was my first year at uh, HPUMC. I am like right out of college. I don't think they even realized how young I was when they hired me. And this girl, she's a senior now. She's a freshman. Her name's Maggie. And we're tearing down this carnival 
on a mission trip. We did a community carnival. Maggie's like, oh, so do, you, do you want me to go uh, unplug some of the inflatables? And I'm like, yeah, 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 just do it. I'm not really paying attention. Um, I'm like 21 years old at this point. And Maggie goes and is standing in a puddle. And while she's standing in the puddle, decides in her little freshman brain to then unplug these inflatables. The girl gets electrocuted, and I'm still, I'm super young. I don't know what to do. I'm like, oh my gosh, like she's electrocuted. Like I'm freaking out. She's like, my arm. I'm like, oh my gosh, Maggie. Oh my gosh. And I wish, I wish, Chad, I could tell you that I immediately ran to my supervisor and was like, this child has been electrocuted on my watch. But instead, I was like, how bad is it? Are you good? Are you good? And to this day, we she brings it up frequently that every mission trip we go on together, she gets really hurt in Costa Rica. She somehow like busted her hand in a cement mixer. It's just always Maggie, you know. We all we all have that one kid. Um, so I have a collection of memories like that that are funny um, <laughs> as well. <laughs> I know, I know. It's embarrassing. Should I admit that in public? You, that you I- may, you may need to talk to Maggie's parents. Haven't <laughs> already? Like, <laughs> we, yes, I'm good with her family. We're, okay. we're close. We're yeah, close. Here. I wish I could say I admitted it that day, but but months down the road, maybe a year down the road is when it actually got brought up that she got electrocuted. Wow. Yeah. And let's keep uh, like power cords away from uh, standing bodies of water. I think that that's probably mm-hmm. pretty solid information as well. You're not wrong, Chad. You're not uh, wrong. Uh, all right. If you could, if you could go back outside of like, um, you know, safety advice that you would give yourself, <laughs> like first day of student ministry for you, what advice would you give? Whew. Mine's probably blunt. I feel like most people are like, make sure you rest, use balance, which are important things. I agree. But for me, it's don't be arrogant. Um, I came into ministry, even understanding how young and, and fresh I was very arrogant. Um, and thinking that I already knew how to preach and I already understood how to write curriculum and relational ministry and how to win over. I just assumed I knew that stuff. Um, and you don't, you, you never fully do. I don't care if you've done mastermind groups, coaching and written your own and you're preaching at all the big conferences. Like when you are a pastor, you truly never stop learning. And with teenagers, especially, you know, teenagers in a sense are the same, but every generation of teenager is different. Every grade you have will be different and have their own identity. And I think as pastors, sometimes we come in with some pride, think we know how to run the show already. And and you don't Mm -hmm. probably have talent and passion and the Lord's going to use you. um, But you don't have it all figured out. And if I could go back and not, not redo those early years, because they're very formative, but maybe come at it with more humility I think I would have just started out my ministry in a much healthier way and also in the same vein had a lot less resentment towards decisions that I thought should have been made how I thought they should be made or certain situations should be handled how I thought they should be handled. You know, I wasn't trusting the people who had already, who were before me, who had been ahead of me in ministry. I think it's hard for young pastors. Yeah. Do you feel like there have been like moments in, in your ministry journey that, have led you to like want to give yourself that advice? Like, do you have specific instances that that's true for you? 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there, I think a lot of those moments pop up. I think we all know this. Your weaknesses pop up when you don't want them to. And I think a lot of those weaknesses of pride popped up for me in a lot of those trauma situations where I didn't know how to pastor through the first rape I encountered. I didn't know how to really process through the first time I lost a student, you know, and those leave marks on you. And if you're not willing to ask for help, if you're not willing to turn to people who have already done this before, um, it's going to be devastating Mm -hmm. and it's going to be really difficult. I mean, even if you don't look at maybe the trauma, but you look at the day-to-day things you're doing as a pastor, right? You, you think you got it in the bag. I bet most people who listen to this podcast think my Wednesday night is what it needs to be. It is number one. Like no one understands like my Wednesday, like I found it. I've got, I've got them in. Well, there have been times where I still have had students come up to me and say, well, why don't we ever talk about this? Or I don't, I didn't get your sermon or I don't, and I think it's easy to compartmentalize um, and assume that, well, just that kid didn't get it or they don't like this, but we do it for these reasons because you're the one who read the youth ministry books, right? You're the one who knows, mm-hmm. well, no, your youth ministry is your students. Mm-hmm. It's not yours. It's not a youth pastor ministry. No, it's a student ministry. Um, and I think you learn over time how to engage with that humility a little yeah. bit more. If for somebody that's listening that maybe felt like they're right in the middle of that, right? Like yeah. this realization that, okay, like this is maybe some unhealthy area that I've led out of for a while. What, what encouragement would you give that person? Uh, find help, find resources. And that doesn't mean just youth pastors. I have a lot of friends who are therapists and they have been so valuable to me as a youth pastor. I have friends who are teachers who are so valuable to me as a youth pastor. And I think we sometimes feel like we can only talk to other youth pastors about what's going on in our ministry. And that's that's not true. There are other people in this world who have solid advice to give you that is really helpful and really good and really Mm -hmm. beneficial. You know, we all preach about the kingdom of God and we preach about the body of Christ, but are we really living into that as youth pastors of the fact that it can't be just your giftings and your vision? It's a collective and group effort mm-hmm. to figure out what sermon style works best for your students. To figure yeah. out, does your students want the big flashy event or maybe they just want to spend time with you over ice cream? Right. Um, you kind of need everyone's voice and everyone chiming in. And it can be exhausting mm-hmm. sometimes. I get that. Sometimes it's easier to just do what you want to do. There are many events I would love to just run how Chelsea wants to run. Uh, But it can be dangerous to your ministry to function that way. So I'll give, you know, getting back to your question to be more explicit. If you're in that funk where you feel like it's just you, you're not maybe getting other advice, I'd ask you to look for it. And maybe on it, I hate it, but it's true. Maybe you don't trust the other ministers on your staff. Maybe you're new. Maybe you have some scars there. I know that happens frequently. Out into the community, meet a coach, meet a teacher, find a therapist. Um, people want to network more than I think we realize. Yeah, absolutely. Great advice. Chelsea, thank you so much for joining us today. Love hearing your story. I, I believe that there are many other youth pastors who may connect with some of the same things that you're talking about. And I hope that for today, if you're listening, that that may be a piece of encouragement um, for you to get connected, find those other people that can speak into your life, and that you can also be a voice into theirs. Thanks so much for listening to Mr. Booster. All right. Thanks so much. Y'all have a great day.
there you go that's our interview with chelsea petticord i hope that you heard the things that she was saying there is a lot of wisdom from that young lady for all of us in every phase in every season of youth ministry you do not have the answers you do not have it all figured out you may have a lot of knowledge may know a lot of things but hear what she has to say your weakness pops up when you don't want them to and we might have a better shot if we start with humility and not arrogance but hear this we all want to network more than we realize we all need to admit and be honest enough and say that we need other voices speaking into what's going on so that we don't experience the shock of being in the wrong place and making the wrong decision. That's what Youth Ministry Booster is all about, and we'd love for you to check it out. Links in the description below. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you tomorrow. I'm going to turn your world upside down. And I'm going to show